Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. Hello, everybody. I'm back from Florida after visiting some family and ready to talk some sports because I was unable to really watch much. So I'm, I'm here to, to pretty much listen to Spencer talk about some sports for you. If that's the case, it's going to be a little disappointing. It'll, yeah, it'll All be right. better. Um, so you were traveling, you went to go visit family in the great state of Florida. Yes. The sunshine state. Gorgeous. Not Colorado. Colorado is not, it's commonly referred to as the sunshine state. That's wrong. Anyways, I saw it in a movie once. (laughs) No, there was, uh, it was, it was a good trip. We had a layover in Houston coming back and I wanted to give a quick tip of the cap to United Airlines for taking good care of us. We had a RT roll traveling with us and they were always really sweet to her and she earned her wings a few times on these flights and got to see the cockpit on one of them. And, uh, but on this last one, we'd boarded the plane this was on the flight from Houston to Lubbock to get home and we had boarded the plane. It was the same plane we'd flown there from Florida to Houston but this time when we boarded it, after we've been off of it for about an hour and a half, they couldn't get the door handle to function properly. And so I didn't know if I was supposed to be annoyed or kind of worried that we flew all the way from Florida to Houston with a faulty door handle or that they just all of a sudden someone else thought it wasn't right. So anyway, the, they handled it really well. The tip of the cap goes to them because... They told us about it. Within five minutes, they said, well, we are going to have to change planes. And then within about an hour, we were boarded on another plane, headed down the runway, and the guy gave me a free beer. Oh. And he um, he actually told my wife, he was he said, hey, when, because I, I was sitting next to our little one. He said, when when he gets her buckled in, tell him that he can have a free beer on me whatever he wants the rest of the flight. So my body language must not have been the best when we got off the plane the first time. <laughs> Cause I don't recall saying anything to anyone, but it must've just been written all over my face. Cause I'd gotten our kid in the plane, in the seat. She was just about to fall to sleep. And then they made the announcement and then we had to do it all over again. And she got really fussy. And so anyway, uh, thanks. Thanks United for the free beer on the way back. It's good. That's it. It's good. I haven't really <clears throat> flown United a whole bunch. We did. Uh, we went when we went up to Seattle last spring. We flew United because that's the airline that the corporate office uses a lot. We pre- we would prefer to use Southwest, but 
the the thing about flying to Seattle from Lubbock is there are two flights that go from Lubbock to Seattle. One is either you're going to from Lubbock to Phoenix to Seattle, which mm-hmm. is preferable because you're going in the right direction. The other <laughs> right. one is Lubbock to Dallas to Seattle. No way. Which adds two hours to your <laughs> your flight. Well, that's why we went to United because American, everything else went through Dallas trying to get over to Florida. But Houston and Denver, you can fly direct from Lubbock on United. So that's that's why we went there. Save us from hopping on three flights oh, instead yeah. of two so last week we're gonna touch on we're gonna talk about some football right now. We're just gonna just dive right in. No no good segue. Today is February twelfth. It is. We're gonna talk about some football. Let's do it. Actual well not actual football. We're, okay. not, we're not talking about the AAF or the XFL. Oh. Well I'm gonna check out then. We can say that Bob Stoops will be the head coach slash general manager of the Dallas XFL team. Really? That's so strange. Is that true? Mm-hmm. I told you I've been out of the loop. I'm going to say that probably about five more times on this podcast. Yeah, man. Bob Stoops, head coach, general That's manager. what he was holding out for. Was that... It's a strange holdout. Lofty XFL. <laughs> yep. Well, maybe um, he just wanted to coach professionally and just thought, well, this sounds fun. Make some money. Yeah. yeah. Don't have to recruit. I don't have to move very far. <laughs> yeah. Just drive down 35 and that's that. And then... um. I, the opening weekend of the AAF was this weekend. Didn't watch a single snap of that stuff. I missed well, it too. Besides some of the highlights that were on Twitter, like that one quarterback that got destroyed. Well, I saw there was some team coming out with a horse. Kind of a very nice. Not quite as like UCF. Oh, USC. Wow, that was bad. No, I mean, or Florida State. What other team do you know that has that comes out with a horse? Just those two. Texas Tech. There oh. you go. <laughs> Whoops. That's why it was relevant. Uh, <laughs> the last one I came up with. Uh, I'm ashamed. No, we had. I, I think I saw just a someone repost that on one of those Facebook groups. Yeah. That's all I saw of the AAF, mm-hmm. the American Alliance of Football, or the Alliance of American Football. One of those. It's an alliance. Um, but we're actually going to be talking about Texas Tech football. Last week was National Signing Day Part 2, which actually a lot of people that cover recruiting were kind of upset. They're like, this isn't actually National Signing Day anymore because that was in December. Anyways, um, you signed the rest of your class, had a couple disappointments, and guys that were originally committed to Texas Tech did not end up signing with you, namely Stephen Parker, Felton, Felton Gardner. There's somebody else also went to Kansas. Both those guys went to Kansas. Um, you kind of salvaged a little bit with uh, that last minute flip of, oh, I'm blanking on his name, Alante Brown, the guy out of the Chicago area that, Is that some, the running back? some services has as a four star. No, this was like the defensive back. Okay. Well, receiver. He, I don't. I don't know. He's listed as a receiver on this service. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, some services have him as a four-star. Um, would be the highest rated in your class. Kind of salvaged a little bit. You ended up, I have to go back, ninth or tenth. You, you were tenth in the Big 12 with your average score. And the reason was your average rating was an 84.41 but you had 17 total commits. You had the lowest number of commits 
from anybody in the conference. So it was a small sample size. You had you had only seventeen players, and they they go off to not off your average ranking, but on the composite score of the entire class. So if you had twenty seven commits, even though they were maybe all three stars, you may have ranked higher than a class had a handful of four stars just on numbers alone. So you ended up tenth, um, mostly on quantity not quality you had a four star depending on where you look as a professional welder Shayna ford uses forge fx to practice over and over which helps her improve her skills the more muscle memory that you have the smoother your weld is learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact as you write your life story you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at SCS. .georgetown.edu/podcast You got a couple of specialists, you got a couple kickers and a punter. Uh Joe Lorig, I think was his name, the special teams coach. This is really bad for for Texas Tech identifying and addressing some needs by offering scholarships to kickers. Anyways, that doesn't seem like a bad idea. So signing day comes, everybody, most tech, tech fans are flipping out, right? Because one, you're losing commits to Kansas. They're signing there. They look at that 10th in the Big 12, and they're losing their minds. No, that doesn't look good. But a friend of the show, Rob Bro, compiled some excellent research, and we're going to give him a hat tip because this was all him. He tweeted out, I can't remember when this was, but sometime over the past week, he looked at the average rating of recruit for Texas Tech over the last oh, 15 years, it looks like. I think so. Um, so this year, your average rating for recruit was 84.41. I'd have to go back and rank it, but it is... It would be seven. Seventh highest of the past 15 years. So right in the middle. Yeah. You just you just ended up tenth because you only had seventeen guys. Um, it actually outperformed your class last year by almost a full point. Last year was eighty three seventy six. So anybody that wants to say, well, Wells only had so much time, he on two months outperformed Kingsbury on five years. Wow, I don't know if anybody heard that. That was a snap of the fingers. <laughs> um, your highest rated class, 2011. Do you know who that belonged to? Thomas Tuberville? Mr. Thomas Tuberville. Yeah. 8646. That was your class that included DeAndre Washington, Kenny Williams, Jason Morrow, Michael Brewer, that group of guys. That was a pretty good, pretty good amount of talent. 2012 was 
I think it was your next highest year. So like the very next year, no, sorry, 2015 was your next highest. 2012 was what would be your third highest, 85-40. So reading a bunch of numbers while you're listening to this isn't really helpful. Just know that what Wells was able to do was about average for what Texas Tech has done the past 15 years, regardless of head coach, whether it was Mike Leach, excuse me, Tommy Tuberville, and Cliff Kingsbury. I was blanking on the names, even though we just talked about it. <laughs> um, so the biggest thing is, yeah, it's a small class. We need to see 2020 not have 17 guys. Um, also need to see how the rest of this class shapes up because they were interviewing um, the coordinators throughout the day on signing day, and they were, were interviewed uh, Coach Wells in the evening, and, and it was like 5.30 when they had him on the radio. And Wells said, yeah, we're, we're not done. Like, this yeah. class is not done yet. Obviously. Um, he, he said, we're not even done today. Now, I don't know if they ended up signing anybody after he said that. but They're there, probably still working. There was an expectation that somebody else was coming. But there's still scholarships available for the grad transfer market. Okay. The portal. Oh, my goodness. So. You. We need some sort of portal sound effect. The 2019 class is not complete. Um, 17 will not be its its, its number of recruits. Um, and then you still have 2020 and beyond to still kind of address the needs of your team. Um, this class will not make or break Matt Wells as a head coach for Texas Tech. I, I think most reasonable folks saw this coming and can see this as... Well, it was two months. Everybody's like, well, look at Les Miles and look at the guy at Kansas State and who's the other coach that was replaced? Oh, well, Holgerson, well, Neil yeah, Brown. Neil Brown. I didn't follow their recruit. I don't know if there was a lot of turnover like there was for Tech. Um, but like, well, they had less time than, than Wells did, but okay, sure. But you did on par with what you've always done. You yeah. Just, you just got a few fewer of them. That's it, true. It's okay. All right. Um, the other thing we want to talk about with football, besides the AAF and the XFL, our good friend Kyler Murray. He's not. He's not a good friend. I don't know him at all. He seems kind of an, like an idiot. Why? Actually. Did you Did you see that interview he did on Dan on the Dan Patrick show? I couldn't watch it. I saw that it was... No, like you literally couldn't watch it. It was so uncomfortable. No, that was it. I I read enough about it to get the gist that he couldn't... No one had coached him on how to say, well, I'm I'm going to make this decision later. Yeah, like it's understandable. He hadn't made the decision yet and didn't want to talk about it, but yeah. he did not was not prepared how to answer questions about that. And it's without Super Bowl like, week. Hey, Dad, do we want to talk about that? Like off camera, he's like, no. He's like... Uh, we'll talk about that later. And then the best part was like during the recording. <laughs> the best part was like Dan Patrick said something. Um, and Murray's like, yeah, I'm, I'm get pretty good at answering this. And Dan Patrick's like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and then of course that bottle of Gatorade right there on the corner of the desk that you could see the label. Anytime they show the shot of Kyler Murray. Yeah. It's a good time. Anyways, he has announced his commitment to being an NFL quarterback. So he will forego his professional baseball career 
for the time being. This is how out of the loop I am on this. I thought he had already announced that. Mm-mm. This just happened like yesterday. I, I know, and that's what floors me because I thought that was, oh, well, he's going to enter the draft. I, I feel like two or three weeks ago, all the talking heads, That's, but I guess all they were saying was what he's, could possibly happen. Or that he probably should or that they were expecting him to. Or what would happen if he did or what. And so I just thought it was done. Yeah. I thought he had made that announcement already, and then I saw the world fall apart over the weekend and thought, oh, oh, I guess, I guess he didn't really do that officially until just now. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. It it's, it seems like um, if you're going to do one before the other one, that's the only one to really. That's the only order to yeah, go. You probably couldn't go baseball and then into no. football. No, you, um, you can't come out as like a. All right. Well, I'm 28. I've played baseball for a little while, and the jump into NFL shape. Yeah. See how that goes. Probably not going to work. No. Now. You, you, from a physical standpoint, are going to be under far less stress playing baseball. You're going to, your career is going to be much longer. Yeah. Excluding the, the, um, exceptions here, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees, the old, old quarterbacks. Um, you'll be able to play a much longer career in baseball than you would in football. And, with the way that the contract and the salary caps are in in baseball, you should be able to earn a whole lot, a whole lot more money too. I know, which blows my mind because there's so many because uh, so I, many players on a team. There was something I can't remember which show it was. But they were talking about like the top earners from teams that were sorry from team yeah the top earners on teams that played in the Super Bowl and top earners on teams that played in the World Series. Baseball like had like the top five or six, and then you got to the very highest earner in, in, in football. So like there were five or six guys playing baseball in the World Series that were earning more than like Tom Brady or whoever was the, was the top earner right. in the NFL. So you play longer, you have higher career or higher earnings, but he wants to he wants to play football. Well, you, I, I could see the you play longer argument, but you play 162 games versus 16. Well, and your series know. is nine months, and your draft is nine months, and football's, you know, our season, not series. And football season is maybe four. There's stuff like that that could be appealing, but I'm looking at it as a 35 year old guy. Yeah, I'd totally go for baseball right now, but if I had the ability at his age to do one or the other, and I was really good at both, I'd probably go with football. It just seems. I mean, he signed all that stuff with the A's before he, his Heisman winning season. Yep. Speaking of though, that $5 million contract, he's got to return it all. Oh man. So he was already, he already had that bonus. He's got to return $1.29 million back to the A's. The remaining 3 million on that contract is forfeited. So the A's never paid or hadn't paid that yet. They won't pay it. Um, the A's will reserve the right to, they would reserve Murray's rights if he were to ever come back to baseball, which I'm not sure how that works. But I don't know how that would work either. The worst part for the A's, like yeah, that they, they get the money back and they get to, um, they they retain Murray's rights. They don't get a pick back for it. So like, they've so lost their their, pick. their their first round pick that was used on Murray. It's gone. I guess because they get to 
keep the quote rights to him. I guess that's kind I, of, I would have forfeited that too. Like if, if he's going, if he's announcing, he's not going to, to play baseball right now. We're like, Nope. Yeah. Somebody else can have the rights. Like if they want a, a beaten and broken Kyler Murray in five years, then let him have it. I want to hold my first round pick back now and have five years with him. Can you imagine having to return $1.2 million? I would have, I would have bought so many tractors would have been a hard check to write. Yes. I w- they would have had to repo a lot of a lot of farming equipment that I didn't need. Yeah. That was just fun to drive. <laughs> All right. Actually, 1.29 million doesn't get you a lot of farming equipment. <laughs> we got, well, like one or two harvesters. Maybe. Or yeah. no. You could probably get two. Harvester, like, what are they called? Two combines. Combines. Yes, yeah. there it is. See, I don't even know. Don't you could get a couple of them. Yeah, because aren't they like four to $600,000? I haven't looked in a long time, but I knew that's new. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're over half a mil. It's, Pretty sure. Big business. It is. Out in the farms. Um, let's let's turn to basketball real quick. And I, I, I say real quick, we have the most detailed notes in this section. Your Red Raiders notched another perfect week since we last recorded, although we, we recorded after the West Virginia game. Correct. So that game and the one you played on Saturday, the two games that we're talking about, you were 2-0. and Um. Today, the AP poll, as always, was released. Or no, Monday. Sorry, it comes out on Mondays. You were back up to 15. Kansas was 14. Always got to find a way to put Kansas in front of you. Yeah. Um, so they, in, played, they played true road games. We did, too. We, we played a road nah, game. No, nah, no. Our, we played count. at Norman. Or in Norman. They, at Oklahoma. I'm, I'm not sure that counts. Whatever. Graham Couch. <laughs> Um, I had some interesting team news come out though. There's this drama around Kayvon Moore coming from the social media post where he said he was fully healthy waiting for his opportunity. And then in a blowout game where the opportunity for him to play was there, he didn't play. Um, his status has been queried several times by the media. Chris Beard on Saturday promised that they would have an update for us this week. And it came out yesterday that Moore will not play the remainder of the 2019 season and will seek a medical hardship. I'm yeah. assuming the medical hardship is to apply for a a red shirt for right. 2019 because he played for two minutes and basketball doesn't have the same rules that football does that you have to, you, you know, you have a certain number of time or games that you can participate in without having your eligibility lost for that season. Moore played for two minutes and that's essentially... He's he's used up his freshman eligibility in those two minutes, which is insane. Um, so, I, my thinking is the medical hardship is to redshirt him, is to gain a redshirt for the twenty nineteen season, so he will be a redshirt freshman. The other thing is, there's just so much smoke around whether or not he will actually be with the program. So, right, it's just it's just a weird situation. You would hope that like Chris Beard would, so I'm not putting this on Beard. You would hope that like your first, hot, your highest rated recruit ever in the basketball recruiting rankings era would last longer than four months at your school. Right. And especially when uh, you've got Jemias Ramsey coming in next season. Yes. Well, and, and when, Tech recruited him. They recruited him knowing that he was hurt. Mm-hmm. 
not just recruited, but signed him. And they committed to him knowing, yeah, like you said, knowing that he was hurt. They took a chance on him. Uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't a a high payoff chance or a low pay. I mean, I, I think the kid really is talented. And once he recovered from his injury, he was probably just going to be just fine. But there's always that chance that someone doesn't quite recover like they were before. So Tech did take a, a bit of a chance on him. Uh, his his dad was a Red Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of seemed meant to be. And I hate that it's it's come down to this. I, I wonder if things would have been better or worse if he'd played more or less. What do you think? Do you think if he hadn't played at all that he might be okay with staying because then he wouldn't have to be going through this whole medical redshirt deal or trying to get a hardship or anything like that or if he played a little more but well See, how I, much is enough I, I i don't know because i don't know if if that's where we're headed if, if we're headed to a transfer i don't know how much play time uh would have been a, enough for him to feel like okay i can see where this is going i can feel that i'm valued here and i'm gonna continue to stay well the problem is you weren't you weren't sure like when he was healthy enough to play yeah, they've kept that out of the if, news. If the team was like in need of his his participation, his whatever you want to call that, in need of his minutes, um, and if they were in need of his minutes and he was healthy and he wasn't playing, that there would be something else keeping him off the court. We don't know any of these things really. Um, we just know that like guys like Avery Benson, Parker Parker Hicks. Uh, Sorrels, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking his first name. All have gotten playing time before Kayvon Moore, and these are all walk-on guys. Um, Malik Ondigo has gotten some time. Yeah, he has, um, but not so much lately. Um, so yeah, we're we're hoping from a a fan standpoint, like this was a highly rated guy, um, that he will he will remain with Texas Tech. We really strange on uh, on the radio yesterday that Chris Level was kind of downplaying his talent, which like at that point you're like, is he trying to like soften the blow for when he actually leaves when, when Kayvon Moore leaves that, Oh, well he wasn't actually that good or I'm not sure. I'm right. I'm not in that man's mind, but you just hate to see this kind of thing happening. Wish that um, in the long term that he remains with Texas tech develops and, contributes to the 2020 basketball roster talent that should be unbelievably deep. Right. And even if that's, even if Culver is gone, which is probably kind of a fact at this point, I Mm -hmm. bet he'll declare, I could see that being something that would entice more to know that he wouldn't be competing for playtime with Culver. That's for sure. Culver be gone. Uh, is, I believe we've already talked about this. Is Francis a junior or a senior? I think he's a senior. Mm. So even when Francis, he comes in off the bench, I think he would be gone too. Uh, of course, Kyler Edwards would, they'd be competing quite a bit. Moretti's going to be around. Mooney's going to be gone. I, as far as, as far as guards and playing time, uh, next year looks pretty open. Except for Mr. Jemias Ramsey coming in, that's true. But the, he like he a is freak. a true he is a true freshman. Of course, so was Zaire, and 
so was Culver, and they played plenty. But who's who knows if he'll start right away, um, or maybe they they'll play great together. I I just I just hope he's able to stick around. Uh, I hope that fans are understanding if he's if he's not if something happens. Yeah, because we don't know what's going on. Uh, there, there could be big things going on behind the scenes, or small things, or other people saying things to kind of change his mind a little bit and we just got to stick with him while he's here and then wish him the best if he if he lands somewhere else but I would love for him to stay I think he'd be a great contribution next yep. year so really quickly going over the roster Francis is a red shirt senior so he'll be gone yep the thing that I kind of was surprising to me Deshaun Corbrew is a red shirt sophomore that surprised me too because I thought, oh, well, coming he's from a, South Plains, you're like, okay, he's a junior. No, he'll still have two more years. I know. I, that's really year. exciting because someone mentioned that on the broadcast the other day, and I never caught that. I just always assumed he was a junior. He's been he's been doing so well. Like yeah. his his defensive presence is like it's frustrating. And that corner three that he's got. That kind of reminds me of Kawhi Leonard's early days on the Spurs. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm I'm serious. Malik Ondigo's a sophomore. Um, Tariq Owens is a redshirt senior. Matt Mooney is a redshirt senior. Kevin McCuller is a freshman, and he will be a freshman next year because he's redshirting. Um, Parker Hicks is a sophomore. Kayvon Moore is a freshman. We know Culver's a sophomore. Benson is a freshman. Moretti's a sophomore. Sorrells is a junior. Uh, Odiase isn't a guy you'll be losing. He's a senior. Right, and that's then Josh true. Mbala is a freshman, so you'll be losing Odiase, probably Culver, um, Mooney, Owens, and Francis. And I, I always forget that. Well, until this year, it's finally been ingrained to me. I, I thought Moretti was a sophomore last year. There's just something about someone who's played overseas or and kind of played professionally a little bit that you. You just don't know how old they are or, yeah. you know, their their age may be not indicative at all of their their classification. Right. Tech, so which I is, always thought, oh, Moretti, gosh, I mean, he's he's a junior already. We've only got him for one more year and he's really he's really, you know, coming into the beard system and, and playing well. And no, we've got him for two more, which reminds me of the, the Russian national player that is already on campus with the team. He's red shirting now. Um will be eligible for next season. So he'll be a red shirt freshman. And he, there were some uh, highlights and, and game film that was released relatively recently, the past week or so um, for a six, nine guy is a fairly scary outside offensive threat. Like he, he's a shooter at six, nine. That's, that's great. Cause when Owens is hitting, which is interesting because like, that really opens up. Like he's the six game. eleven. He's not that. Like he's in the same size range as like Norrence, Norrence, right? Odiase. But he's he's quite a bit lighter than Odiase, but still got that same arm span. I wave my arms at Mike, <laughs> Michael. I'm I'm just. I, I don't mean to keep going back to. I'm just really excited about Corpru. Yeah. I, that, that dude's got a he's he's got so much talent he's getting he's getting a lot done in so few minutes um, mm-hmm. I, I I can't wait to watch him play two more years he just looks so so poised he's out already there. like like I said he's so 
good on the defensive side. Like when when Tech is in man defense, and like you see them, like Corpru is like like the offensive player is wearing Corpru. That's how <laughs> right. close he is. He's right. on him. You're not gonna get. You're not gonna um, shake him. You. Yeah, it's difficult to get around Corpru. It's difficult to even dribble in front of Corpru because he's there's just no space. He doesn't allow it. Um, which is just it's it's impressive to watch, and he's just fantastic on the defensive end. Yep. Um, let's talk about this weekend. Were you able to watch the game against Oklahoma? No, I wasn't. I tried to watch. I watched most of the first half on recording today during lunch. <laughs> So I did at least try. It was it was kind of a dull first 10, 10 minutes. I think they combined for 20 points in the first 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, it, it, the first 10 minutes. Um, it's 12 to 8. Kyle mentioned it was like the first nine minutes. Like, oh, Oklahoma's on pace to score 25 points. And I was like, and I fired back, well, Texan scored to score 50. On on pace to score 50. It's like, well, that's a 25-point win. That's that's respectable. I'll accept that. Yeah. Um, But then from there, like, Tech – was able to build, I think they got to 20 points in the first half, like a 20-point lead at one point. If not, o- it was very close. And then yes. Oklahoma was able to, to dwindle it a little bit before you just had this ridiculous play at the end of the half where Odiase hits like a, a little bunny from like behind the when backboard. He was, he was hammered too. Yeah. And some, yeah, I, I watched the whole first half, and then I I think Tech was up, was it? It was like nine yeah. or seven. Anyways, I remember checking my phone during that time and I thought, okay, I think Tech's got this. Uh, but I did watch the whole first half today and gosh, Mooney was playing some really good defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Francis came out firing, which is and always o- great. Odiase was a presence. Like anytime a shot was missed, he was there. He had 11 rebounds. Jeez. I, how many, I wonder how many minutes he played. I'm going to try to look that up. Um, yeah. So while you look that up, like I said, Texas Tech got up to about a 20 point lead in the first half, got it to 20 points twice in the second half. They, they expanded to 20 points. Oklahoma went on these little mini runs. I think there, there was a, there was a seven Oh run at one point and like, and then like a, an 11 Oh run and got it down to nine points at one point. You're like, okay, it's still nine point lead, but you're like, Ooh, this is, this is dangerous. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, and then Moretti hits a three and you go back up to 12 and then you go on a little run and get lit, and then you got up to like a twenty-three point lead at one point. You're like, oh, we're good. I think we're fine. We we have we're a fine. cushion now. Um, but Texas Tech as a team shot forty-three percent from the field compared to Oklahoma's thirty-six. So that's right around your season average about what what you allow. And this is on the road. Like you allowed Oklahoma to score only what you allowed them on your season average. Mm-hmm. Um, you shot 46 from three, which is a pretty good, it's a very good day. You only allowed Oklahoma 29. I think that they had some pretty long spells without a three. Um, and then you also had a pretty significant advantage on free throws. You shot 83% to their 67, which is again, not something you usually do on the road. No, no, this was, this was a very good outing. Just, I, I wouldn't say from start to finish because that it, offense it took, took a little a bit while going, to get yeah. going. Uh, but the the like defense the last, was like if if the game was quarters, the last three quarters of that yes. game was all you. The defense was well. A hundred points were scored in the last three quarters, and twenty <laughs> total were scored in the first. If if we're looking at it that way, 
but they had uh, they had a really good showing there. And just to go back to Odiase, who had 11 rebounds in 16 minutes and two blocks. That's that's a that's a productive day for the senior. Owens had four blocks. Did, did you see that GIF from the basketball Twitter account? It was a highlight from the game of him blocking a shot with the, like a little video clip from the the ESPN spoof oh, video of him doing the finger doing wag. The, doing the Dikembe Mutombo um, finger wave. Yeah. So Moretti led all score, or sorry, he led tech score. I didn't look at the Oklahoma stat sheet there with 14 points. Culver had 13. So again, he, he's been a little quieter than usual. Um, and then Mooney and Francis both had 11 points. So there you go again. You had four guys scoring in double figures. When that happens, it usually works out pretty well. Yep. Um, you out-rebounded Oklahoma, which was good. You had a couple like really weird ones where Oklahoma missed a free throw and then the shooter got the rebound, which is a, it's a weird thing because you, you outnumber the shooting team on free throws and they were able to to get in there and get the rebound overall always block out the shooter that was well yeah it's it's a four it's got to do that it's a four to three advantage like at least if they have all the guys there um you you're out rebounding them from the game you didn't you just never let them get into the game like you took them out of the game pretty early on um they just they got close air quotes here like if you consider nine points close um, but whenever Oklahoma had a run tech mirrored that, like they had the same kind of run to rebuild the lead. Um, so you move to 19 and five on the season, seven and four in conference play your upcoming schedule. It's pretty tasty. You're in a good spot. Um, we're going to talk about the article that Kyle wrote for taking the planes, the big 12 outlook. Um, and we're going to start with your, your upcoming schedule. So first you're traveling to Stillwater. You're actually there now. Um, well now as like, as we're recording this, the game is Wednesday night on the 13th at Oklahoma state. This blows my mind as a road team. You have an 80% chance to win this according to the BPI. That's pretty good. Which typically you get like, I think Kyle said 25 to 30 points. It's kind of like getting the or, uh, or percentage points as the home team. Kind of like getting the three point, the three point uh, favorite on the as the home team in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to compare, when you when you turn around and host Oklahoma State two weeks from now, you have a ninety four percent chance to win this. And okay, if you were to drop one of these games, you're like, well, you said we had an eighty percent chance. These are projected based on the Basketball Power Index as of today. Right. Or whenever it was, sorry, Monday when Kyle compiled these. Um, so you you have a pretty good shot to play, to beat a very depleted Oklahoma state team. I think they, they had open tryouts like in the middle of the season. Cause they had some guys dismissed from the team. Um, some walk-ons were, were added to the team like this week. Um, I think I saw they're basically down to like six man rotation which means everybody is playing like 35 minutes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> which is, it's, it's rough, right? You're not going to, your, your stamina is not going to last, especially against a team like Texas tech that forces you to 
really, really effort for all of your points. Um, which I think is why Texas Tech has the such a great advantage over Oklahoma State for these two matchups. Um, and then Saturday, you return home to host Baylor, who they're like bleeding players. And, and, and not like, like they're losing players Oklahoma State was, but like Makai Mason, who basically carried Baylor when you played them in Waco with this just ridiculous three-point shooting. Um, again, I, I don't really keep up with the Bears. Didn't play this weekend when Baylor lost. Um, their return trip, according, again, according to BPI, you have a 79.5% chance to win this game. So almost as high as a chance to beat Oklahoma State on the road. You win those two games, you get to nine wins in conference. And it looks like really the conference race is a race to 13 wins. Um, it, you know, you've got Kansas State there at the top at eight and two. Uh, it may be nine and two now. I don't know if they're playing tonight. Kansas they are, they're playing Texas. Kansas won last night against TCU in overtime because TCU just lost their minds at the end. Kansas State is playing Texas. Sorry. Right. That's who we're talking about. Um, and then you're you're technically behind Iowa State. Uh, you have the same conference record, but they own head to head against you right now because they beat you at home. Um, and then you're fourth there at seven and four. And then Texas has is also at seven and four. They're, I believe they're six and five. It's Baylor. It's at seven and four, but they have a yes. they have a lower, much lower overall record. Is why you have the overall. You have the head to head there. Um, okay, so like I said, Saturday against Baylor, you got a great shot to get there to get to nine wins. And then you have a week off until you host Kansas, which if you're going to get like a, some time off, how great is it to have it before you host Kansas at home? That's about the best possible time. That's your. That's basically a bye week. To go from just Saturday playing Baylor to next Saturday playing Kansas, and they're both home games. Yep, back to back home games, uh, and you don't have a midweek game. I don't know when they release that stuff. I don't know if it would be game day. Uh, if it's too soon to say that, Which they were looking at and they're looking at their schedule across the country, and there isn't really. There's one other matchup that may, um, that you may be competing with. I think it's Florida State Duke for Florida State's return trip to, to North Carolina, which could be a good one because they almost Florida State almost pulled it off against Duke at home a couple weeks ago. That would be, uh, yeah, that that'd be one. There's to, that one. To try to there's a outdo it. Tennessee Auburn. Oh yeah, the number one team in the country is playing, but it's and maybe it's not Auburn because I don't I don't think they're they're opponent is, is highly ranked. I don't know Auburn was at one point. As crazy as it would be for them to come to Lubbock two years in a row, that seems like the logical choice to me. For the same game. But too. I'm I'm a bit of a homer in that yeah. in that regard. Um and then here's the thing, like, okay, so you host you have three home games in a row. Baylor, Kansas, and then you host Oklahoma State. So like over the next four games, you're favored, according to BPI, in all four of these um, if you win those, you'll be at 11 games, or 11 wins with a road trip to TCU, which you still have a slight edge there, despite how they played against Kansas last night. Host against Texas, and then that last game, it's rough. 
You travel to Ames on the very last day of Big 12 conference play with a team that you probably, well, there's a lot between now and then, probably have a shot to either clinch a division, not, not, not a division, a conference title, or take it from Iowa State, who's sneakily hanging around with you, Kansas, Kansas State, and Baylor. But I don't know how much longer Baylor's going to be able to withstand. Kansas State's won eight straight conference games, which is an impressive run, but like, the, according to BPI, they have um, coming down to earth potential <laughs> and, I'm and, hoping and their so. upcoming schedule. That they've been really, they've rattled off a lot of good wins and have been really impressive. And I, I hate to say this, but I was, I was kind of glad to see them ranked. I think they're 18th right now playing Texas. And I just didn't, it, it seemed like they weren't ranked for the longest time. And I kept thinking these guys have rattled off seven, eight at the time, maybe six wins in oh, a row in big Kansas 12 play. State, Kansas state won. Yeah. They won 71, 64. Come on, Texas, get your S together. Well, you know, just, just so that I can point it out two and eight, Oklahoma State has only defeated two teams, and one of them is West Virginia, and the other one is Texas. Those are the only two Big 12 wins that they have. Well, West Virginia beat Kansas. Gosh, this transitive property math is really difficult. <laughs> well, the, the thing with that is Oklahoma State and West Virginia just totally screw up the transitive property. Well, and they won those two in a row. That's what's weird. The, only, the, the two games that Oklahoma State won, they, they won back-to-back. Yeah. Um, it's been a while. So your, your current conference standings, Kansas state's in first now nine and two Kansas at eight and four Iowa state, Texas tech Baylor all at seven and four. Um, Texas is at six and six TCU is at five and six Oklahoma three and nine Oklahoma state two and eight West Virginia two and nine. Speaking of West Virginia, we kind of passed over this earlier. Oh, that's right. They what had some all, interesting team news, too. What all is going on? I, I just keep seeing the headlines. I'm sorry. Work's been nuts, too, so I haven't had nowhere to catch up. But So they released, dismissed Issa Ahmad and Wesley Harris from their team. And they said... And it said for a violation of athletic department standards or something. So there's no actual... Substantial reports saying what it was. There was one Twitter feed that that, or there was a Twitter post. I can't remember what they what they linked Issa Ahmad to. But the one that they like the negative action against Wesley Harris was him punching a Texas Tech fan last year. It's like, well, okay, this is it's not the this isn't what led to him being dismissed or whatever. It's just pretty slow, pretty slow. <laughs> there's a, a policy a, there. A Thirteen month. Well, we had to review An everything. Investigation of a video that was fairly clear. Just make sure. Um, so I, I think it was just like, okay, Issa Ahmad had this one bad thing about him, plus whatever it is that got him kicked off, and Wesley Harris had this one pretty visible bad thing about him, plus whatever got him kicked off. Okay, so that there, there may have been some sort of. We're not you're sure. On, you're on very thin ice. Issues. Any any type of sure. uh, action that would normally not get someone kicked off might get you kicked off. Could have been something like that. Mm-hmm. Huh? So interesting there. Um, the other thing I think is interesting. So BPI is a little bit 
contradictory. And we're going to kind of talk through it really quickly. The BPI rankings for the conference has Texas Tech at one, Iowa State two, Kansas three, Texas four, Baylor five, Kansas State comes in at six. That makes no sense. However, because of their great run to start the conference, their conference, or not their great start, because they went 0-2 to start, but the the eight-run, eight-win win streak, sorry, eight-game win streak, they are still favored to win the, the Big 12 conference because of that start. They uh, they have, a, according to BPI today, or it, it, this may be outdated now that they've won their ninth game, percent chance to win the Big 12, Kansas State leads at 48%. Texas Tech is second at 36, Kansas at third at 30, Iowa State fourth at 29. So like I said, the race to 13 conference wins is... It starts now. It's on. Kansas State, unfortunately, is leading the pack at nine right now. Man. With seven games to go. So they need to go four and three to get to 13. Whereas you're at seven and four, you need to go like six and one. But your remaining schedule, again, According to BPI, and I, I hate to keep, keep saying that, the only game that you have a un, less than 50% chance is the road game at Iowa State currently. Which I think everyone who's witnessed Tech go up to Ames to play basketball. Or football. Or football, for that matter, <laughs> would agree with that. That that's, that's probably – I think your home game against Kansas is way more winnable than your road game in Ames. Kansas is such a weird team right now. Like you're not sure what you're going to get. They're like the Texas football team. They play up or down to their competition. And like they play really good against really good teams and really bad against really bad teams. They're still able to win more times than, than they're than, than not. But like last night on the road against TCU, they were actually TCU was favored in that game, which blows my mind. TCU Forces in overtime, shockingly. They just, like I said, lost their mind into regulation, could have won the game, and then like just disappeared in overtime. They lost by like five or six because they just they weren't there. Right. They they had <laughs> it's like done like, all they could do in, in regulation. Yeah. Like they, they, they tried to get it. Like all their energy was expelled getting to into overtime. Well, just to kind of review, I thought – this would be interesting to look at Kansas state, uh, you know, as you said, number one in the big 12 right now, here are their remaining games in the big 12. Please tell me there. It's like a really rough. It's not. Dang it. They, they get Iowa state at home. Well, that's going to be difficult, but it is at home. Uh, they go to West Virginia. They get Oklahoma state at home. They go to Kansas. That's not going to be great. Uh, and but then they get Baylor at home. Then they go to Fort Worth for TCU. And then they get Oklahoma at home. Dang it! That's, that's like, a that's, that's a like five, a <laughs> lot of winnable games there. Uh, I think Kansas is your biggest question mark. Possibly Iowa State coming to town. Uh, possibly if TCU can kind of 
salvage a little bit. Maybe going to Fort Worth won't be the the most winnable game, but you've, you're going to Morgantown. You're playing Oklahoma State at home. You mean they are? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about Kansas State. <laughs> Sorry, Kansas State is. Uh, they've they've already passed. You know, some of the biggest gauntlets. Uh, they they won here. They won in Lubbock, which still stinks to think about. They won in Ames. Um, they've, you know, they, they haven't, of course, they haven't played at uh, whatever it is, Fog, the Fog, Fog House, Field House, Fog Allen Field House, Field Fog Allen House. <laughs> I, I'm you watch not, your language. <laughs> I'm really not being, I just really can't ever remember what, it, what it's called. The, the Fog at Allen Field House. There I you go. what it is. But that's probably that's by far going to be their toughest test for their final seven worked, games. If I worked on the radio, this is what you would hear. That's a that's a lot of while I do my my quick Google search. It's a lot of solid typing. It's thorough. He has calluses from this type of typing. What's your Google search say? What'd you look up? I'm trying to look up the basketball. Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, but they call it the fog. And I don't know what that means. How do you get that? Well, it's after the, the Dr. Forrest C. Fog Allen. Oh. Well, That's why it's called Fog Allen, because it's his name. It's his nickname. That's his nickname. I kept trying to think that Gosh. P-H-O-G or whatever. Is it P-H? Yep. I kept trying to think that that meant something. Oh, my gosh. That that was a... Anagram? No. Acronym? No. Yeah. No. No. What's it? What is it? Like NASA? An acronym? Is that what it is? Where yes. each letter stands for something? <laughs> yes. See, I was right. Never questioned myself. But I, I thought that's what that was. Was P H O G stood for something? I'd, I'd be really curious to think, to hear what you think the P H O G stood for. All right. Um, so, yeah, conference race heating up. Kansas State got a, such a great lead. They're the ones that are everybody's trying to catch, making it super difficult. And moving my mic and now trying to resituate it. Well, let's talk about some baseball. Cool. Very briefly. Cool. Because opening day is this week. It's Friday. I'm going. Are you going? Unfortunately, I cannot go. You I, should. You should just skip work. I, I should skip work, but you know, going on vacation sometimes you come back to work and it's busier than when you left. So I have four seats in the reserved section with your name on it. Sorry, I have a seat with your name on it. Like One if, seat has my. If name you on promise it. all four, then yeah, I might you can't go. have all four. I got to go too. Well, I I take up some space, man. I need a space for my my sun gear. <laughs> I, need, I need some space for my my parka. You guys spread out for, get for chilly. your for your fan friendly concessions. Yeah, five dollar coke and a hot dog. Yeah, nachos going to be there. Those it's are good, those are some good times. Two dollar nachos. T- good times will be had. Yeah, by Keith and I because yeah. he'll be there. Labar should be, be there. there Labar right? should be. We'll probably be there. Kyle will not be there. He said he's, he's out of town. He's out I think. Of town. And then now you're saying you won't be there. I can't. It's during it's during the work hours. So, call in sick. But they know I'm not sick. 
that's where you gotta start coughing and sneezing and sniffling tomorrow. Okay, All right, I'll, I'll work like on that. Ramp up. Just, just well, yeah. I can't just call in blindly, no. especially after lunch <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, on a Friday, I call it. Uh, guys, I'm not gonna come back. I'm not gonna make it back. Twelve fifty-seven. Oh, it must be <laughs> some, must be something I just ate. It, it's going right through me, guys. Yeah, guys, I can't even. <laughs> I can't, I can't oh even gosh, get out of the was, car. This video, I, it was one of those ridiculous like parody movies where just bathroom humor, humor but it's like got the shot of this guy that's like, <laughs> what in the world was that? <laughs> Is it Dumb news. and Dumber? Maybe. It's probably or, dumb or like dumber. Scary Movie or something. That's what I okay. was thinking of. So Keith and I went to the baseball tailgate dinner. Yeah, I want to hear Friday. about that. Um, it's at Kegel's. They were serving steak or chicken. Easy choice there was a steak. It was actually a pretty good steak, even though they had like... Did they do buffet style? Yeah, but they, they served you the protein, and then you got to pick up everything oh, else. I know. Yeah. Yeah, they were like... But they, like it was still like a good 12-ounce steak no, the fact that they The fact that they serve you meant that they waited till it was just right. To, it's not like they just had a bunch of steaks sitting out, right? Or they come by and like, here's your steak. No, no, no. You, we just pulled these off. Here you go. It it, it was like in a, in a, not a cooler, but like a, a warmer. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Like it was packed with steaks. Yeah. And there was some chicken. And there was. Nah. No. Nah. It's good. Um, Baked potato. I love mission baked potato. There were some barbecue beans, a salad, pass on the salad. Uh, then cobbler for dessert. It was tasty. I got cherry. cherry. It was apple, not cobbler. It was like an apple pie and then cherry cobbler. It was good. The big thing was um, I showed up 6.45-ish. The doors open at 6.30. I got there at 6.45 because it's a long way from 130th and University to 4th and... Fourth and Ropesville. Land. <laughs> it's a ways. <laughs> it's out there. It took me a, a solid thirty minutes to get there. Yeah, it's yeah. a trek. Um, I got in. They were already lining up for food. I was like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll just get in line. Didn't re- like. I didn't. I didn't know the layout of the room. I didn't know I needed to go get a seat first. So I went through the line. Went over there. Uh, Keith was like a minute or two behind me getting his food too. He's like, yeah, man, just, just pick, pick wherever you want to go sit and eat. And so I was like, I was asking around, Hey man, are these seats open? No seats taken. Yeah. So you, you got the, the little forest gun back down. Yeah, I did. So we, we ended up sitting like the very back of the room, like across the table from each other between these two married couples. Oh, that's sweet. Um, who he Keith of course knew one of them because <laughs> he, he's I could he's, see that he's like my boss he like knows everybody yeah I could see that um it was good the food was was okay uh I mean it was a steak dinner prepared for three hundred people so yeah it was okay did um, Tadlock speak and yeah they they so first they showed the nine minute twenty eighteen season highlight slash recap video which I had seen like three times before and I, it always gives me chills. Keith's got a cameo in it from when they show like some Omaha highlights. Cause he was there on right. the first base side, um, against the fence when we beat Florida Well, not the fence, but the, that safety netting on yeah. the first base side. Um, 
that was good. And then they like Robert Giovanetti interviewed Caleb Killian and Josh Young together. They had like a little panel. It wasn't really a panel because they didn't take any questions, but it was a discussion. And they brought up Tim Tadlock to talk. And um, I mean, nothing that was said was like news or earth shattering or anything like when uh, Tadlock was filling air, waiting for Coach Wells and that, that decision to be announced, whatever. Um, he did say a couple of like funny things that cracked me out. And I, I, that's as far as I can go. Cause I, I can't actually remember what exactly he said. Um, well, he probably doesn't even know he said it, but it, it was entertaining. You, you could tell he was uncomfortable being up there talking in yeah. front of that many people. Yeah. Um, that doesn't seem like his happy place. They mine either, them. but yeah, not, not his for sure. They introduced the team by class. So like, Oh, here are all your freshmen here, are all your sophomores. I want you to guess how many seniors there are on this team. Hmm. Is it a very small number? Yes. I'm hoping five. One. No. Cameron Warren. There's one. Yep. He's the only senior. Ooh. So we've got a we've got a a young a young up and coming team that you know even the young guys if they're little too good they might get plucked out well and the problem with baseball is juniors are draft eligible and then if you're 21 by the time the draft happens you're draft eligible which means gabe holt will be draft eligible um josh young obviously is going to be gone since he's like a consensus top five pick caleb killian after turning him down as a draft eligible sophomore will probably be gone after this season right the junior class was just loaded with talent the, the two Arkansas transfers were there. They're eligible, which we, we talked on a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think both of them are sophomores. Bryce Bonin and then Easton. I, I, I need to learn this dude's name. Competing for an infield spot. Um, really interesting to see all the different uh, people that cover this this team projecting where people are going to play, where they're going to stand, according to, to Tadlock. You can swing the bat. We'll find a place for you to stand. <laughs> um, we're really waiting and really interested to see like when the starters and the, the lineup are announced. Um, but in Tadlock fashion, that won't be until like lineup cards are due Friday afternoon before anybody ever knows that it may be announced at the, at like the press conference or the press availability on Thursday. Doesn't he do the, the man with no name? He does stuff sometimes, which was bothering Seth because he was working on the the pregame, the pre yeah. the preview for the series, and we know Caleb Killian is your number one pitcher, but we don't know if that means he's pitching Friday or Saturday. Right. We know John McMillan is probably your number two pitcher. That doesn't mean if he's pitching Friday or Saturday, and then you get number three. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No clue. Um, so really, really interested to see what the how the lineup shakes out, who who plays first, what's on second. I'm sorry, that was bad. Um, your your outfield lineup, because you're probably going to have Max Marshock out there somewhere. Gabe Holt's going to be out there. Um, Cody Masters is, I think, the other name. Third base, you, you know that's going to, to Josh Young. Second base, Brian Klein. But in, like, shortstop, like, it could be noisy, it could be the Arkansas transfer. 
Um, first base could be Cam Warren, but I heard that was like, that's not even a sure thing, even though he played there most of last year. It could be Rumfeld because they want his bat in the lineup. Could Rumfeld could, sorry, Rumfeld could be the DH. So really interesting to see how, how that plays out. Um, not only in game one, but for the season. I just can't wait to get it there Friday. It's supposed to be really good weather. It was at low least, 70s on Friday. Yeah, at least for that one. I think uh, any game played on Sunday is going to be kind of a toss-up. Which is something I, I didn't even look at the schedule. Sorry, the forecast, but I heard on the radio that with the forecast the way it is, Monday looks to be the coldest day. Um. And they were like, well, Jamie, does that mean that they'd play a doubleheader sometime over the weekend to get the four games in before Monday? Um, and Jamie said, you know, because it's a four-game series, they may just not play the fourth game. I could see that. Which, I mean, you, I don't know how that works out for season ticket holders or people that buy tickets that they have to refund that or if it's just like part of the fine print, like a game gets canceled and it gets canceled. It's That's on us. Right. So that – Weather could play a factor, although it looks like the first couple of games should be really good weather for you. Friday, especially, 2 o'clock first pitch. going to be pretty windy Friday and Saturday. Hopefully that means the ball's traveling a little bit. It's from the west, so that may help you. That would be blowing out to right field, so that would benefit the left-handed batters. So that they're showing uh, forecasting... 23 mile an hour wind on Friday and 28 on Saturday. Yep. So high of 74 on Friday, high of 68 Saturday, high of 53 Sunday, high of 44 Monday. It's getting cooler. Oh yeah. Ooh, there's a low Tuesday night of 18 degrees. I missed that last week. That was the one good thing about being in Florida was you did. You missed our little cold snap for two days. Got into this. It was 17 degrees. Mm Mm-hmm. Good times. We were we were in beautiful Panhandle of Florida, where it was it wasn't much warmer, but I mean it was like in the I think it got sixty that day. Yep. Alrighty, so that's baseball this weekend opening day race back to Omaha. Everything's a race. It's sports. It's a competition. Oh, and listen to Dinger Derby. Absolutely, our little five minute baseball preview was will not will not hold water to his Oregon series preview that will be released Thursday. He releases the day after we do. So once you finish this one, either wait a day or go ahead and jump over to Dinger Derby or if you listen to his first, great. Um, His preview will come out Thursday. Listen to that. Keith's going to do a fantastic job, much more detailed than what we can do because that's his podcast. That's his entire, his focus. Whereas we're trying to be Texas Tech. He's looking at the Red Raider baseball team. Hitting Chad with Raider Red. Hitting taters with the Red Raiders. Hitting taters with the Red Raiders. That's still one of my favorites. Um, all right. We we asked for questions. We got one. Guys, I'm... Exactly I'm, one. I don't know if, if, if I should be disappointed or if like our content throughout the rest of the episode is fulfilling enough. That's probably, you know what? That's probably it. Ooh, so Duke was down by 23 to Louisville, but came back to win. You got to be kidding. Down 23. Louisville's kind of surprisingly doing well this this season. Louisville. Louisville. The go-cards. 
You may pull up the question. No, I've got, I was making sure it wasn't, I had an unusual amount of interaction today on Twitter. I was just making sure none of them were a question. No, they weren't. Cooper Burnett. What do y'all think are Josh Young's chances for big 12 slash national player of the year? So big 12 player of the year. He's, he's gotta be, he's gotta be two or three. That's a favorite or second. Um, Part of that, I mean, I, I don't know where uh, that pitcher from Oklahoma, Fink, kind of played into that, but we heard today that he's torn his UCL and won't play. There's that catcher from Baylor. Is it still Langoliers? Well, I, I was just they wondering. They've got a sneaky good guy on their team somewhere. Does, does National Player of the Year tend to go to teams that go pretty far at Omaha, or is it really just a – just an overall look at how how well this individual did on a team that may or may not have been as, as successful. Like our boy Pat Mahomes winning MVP. Well, what? The Chiefs were pretty darn good this year, but if the Chiefs had gone seven seven and nine, he still put up the the numbers that he did. Which I don't know how I don't know how you'd lose that many games scoring forty five or whatever, but. There is a way. I just I don't know if he'd still had had gotten the award because uh, the team success wasn't there. Okay, check out these names for previous winners of National Player of the Year. I'm going to go in reverse order. From most recently that they have up here is 2017, so I can't tell you what 2018 was. Brendan McKay from Louisville, Kyle Lewis from Mercer, Andrew Benatendi. That name sounds familiar. AJ Reed. Kentucky Chris Bryant, there's a big name that we know in the majors. Mike Zunino, Trevor Bauer, Steven Strasburg, Buster Posey, oh. David Price, Andrew Miller. Go back a little bit further. Mark Pryor, Mark Teixeira, J.D. Drew, Jason Veritek. Like, That's a pretty lofty list. It is. I would say his chances are not – I wouldn't rule it out by any means. Brady Singer was the one for 2018. He's the, the starting pitcher from Florida that Texas Tech played in Omaha. Okay. Finally broke broke him down in the fifth inning when he was missing with his breaking balls. His, uh, his fantastic changeup wasn't so fantastic in the fifth inning, and the Red Raiders jumped all over him. It was so good, <laughs> so good. Still just reminiscing. Because one of those things were like you, like you know, like when you're going against Brady Singer, you're like, oh man, we just need one run. <laughs> we just need one. <laughs> we might win one to nothing, and we got five in the fifth. Yo. Um, so it looks like a lot of these are deep into the playoff. Like you're not going to get there with some outside guy. But here's the thing: you're projected to go. Yeah. It's it's they deep run anyways right they could still go hand in hand so I wouldn't be surprised if his name was in the conversation but those are some pretty big and, and me a, a non baseball fan uh, not not that I don't like it just not y'all know what I mean uh, <laughs> I even recognize a lot of those names and and thinking wow if if uh, you know if if Josh Young gets to be mentioned in the same breath as a lot of those guys, then he's headed and headed in the right direction. Yeah. Let me see where Brady Singer is right now. The Royals. 
Dude, he's 22 years old. Born in 96. Gosh. That breaks my heart. Just to see how like these... He's like the youngest millennial. And I'm one of the oldest. There's a slight... There's a slight gap there. Yeah. Okay, so Singer was drafted 18th overall. Last well, year. Well... Young so may if, be drafted if, higher than that. That's what I was about to say. If if we're looking at if if that's a comparison, wow. Okay, maybe a different uh, way to look at it. He's definitely. I think he would. Um, I think he would be in the conversation. I would say definitely in the conversation for national play of the year. Knock on wood, assuming he plays a full season health wise. Right. Um, takes a step forward that we all think he can, especially on the on the power side of his his batting. Um. Big 12, I'd, I'd say it's his to lose. I'd agree with that. So, all right. That was our question. I have a going yard update for you. Oh, oh, it's February. It's time for to talk about your yard. What are you talking about? It's already time. And then looking at the, so when I checked the forecast just a minute ago, talking about the baseball game, I was like, oh man, maybe I should wait on this. Because here's the thing. If you are going to be along for the ride for having an, uh, a lawn that dominates your neighbors, your street, your neighborhood, you got to start with good pre-emergent herbicide. And it's about that time. Have you, have you applied yet? I have not because you, you want to wait until the soil temperatures get to about 55 degrees, which they have this online tracker thing that can help you with that or you can stick a soil thermometer out there and you can check it hey you've got that fancy new meat thermometer with i do i just don't think i want to shove it in the the dirt it's fine um because here's the thing most of the weeds that you want to be looking at in the spring will start germinating between 55 and 60 degrees um which is why when we had a warm spell everybody that did not apply a pre-emergent last fall late in the season last fall to cover that's why all their yards went green with right. weeds. Mm. Uh, so if, if you drive around now, you're seeing a lot of yards that have the, that have been sprayed and treated. And it looks like, why are they spraying their lawn green? One, that color is a dye where they can make sure that they've one, not miss a spot and not apply too heavily. Right. It's actually to help them track where they've been. Um, the cold snap though, kind of throws a, a wrench in that because if it freezes, it's going to kill whatever's there anyways. And the earlier you put it down, like it's only going to be good for two or three months. So you put it down and it stays too cold for like two or three weeks and you lose two or three weeks on the end of your effective range. Right. Anyways, it's about that time. If you don't have a pre-emergent, you should get one, get ready to throw it down here pretty soon. Down your neighbors, take care of your weeds because if you get them out now, if you keep them from germinating now, your, your lawn is going to be that much better in the spring when everything's rolling, your grass is going to not be competing as much. It's going to be good news. I will remember that. I've actually been trying to do that uh, and get that taken care of, but I keep looking at the weather and thinking, oh, I can wait. Well, It's that, about to freeze again. I can wait. That can 18 wait. degrees next week is going is not going to help. Yeah. You, you keep thinking that you can live to, to wait another day because it, it may freeze April 30th. We don't know. Which, but by then it's probably you've had too many warm days. By then, yeah, you should have applied. You should probably be be applying here in the next couple of weeks, the yeah. latest, anyways. Um, so yeah, get your your pre-emergent game 
on deck, throw her down, protect yourself from crabgrass, Dallas grass, Johnson grass. If if you had a sponsor for the going yard segment, what would what would it be? Ooh. Um hashtag no free tweets. Well that's right. We have the influencer here. There's actually a soil fertility company that I'm 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 actually using their their products. Are you a donor? No. Okay. It so what what it is they have uh products that help um overall soil health to support lawn and turf health. So like if your soil's right, then your lawn's going to be better. So we have a lot of clay and everything that's a little deficient on the nutrients. Mm. Anyways. Okay. Um, it's a company called, uh, next it's, it's in hyphen EXT stands for nitrogen extension because most of what your, your lawn turf grows and feeds off of is nitrogen these products don't typically have any or much nitrogen in them, but it helps your soil hold on to nitrogen. So it's there for your turf to use. It includes some micronutrients, things that you're not always looking at. Um, it helps aerate your soil. So break it up and let air get down into it. Um, there's a, a, a root growth stimulator in there with humic acid, uh, and sea kelp, biochar, all good things for your dirt. See, I'm, I'm hoping that if you say enough keywords, <laughs> somehow we will get picked up by the ad bots and some random green County fertilizer. There you go. It's green County. So G R R E. Sorry. G R E E N E Greeny County fertilizer. The next products they sell. Like I said, RGS, which is the root growth stimulator, humic 12, which is the humic acid that helps break up and allow nutrients to pass through your soil. Air eight breaks up your soil, let air in can replace a mechanical aeration in the fall. Oh, okay. A little bit more forgiving on the, Mm -hmm. on the sod and everything. Microgreen, which is the micronutrients application. They have other products that they can do. They, they have a, a granular fertilizer coming out that will have their RGS product in it. So you, you don't have to apply that instead of a fertilizer and then RGS. It's called it's going to be called Carbon X. I've been lost for a while. I'm looking forward to this new product coming out, this Just new bag. Go pick it up. I'm happy for you. Um, so, yeah, if I was going to have a sponsor, it would be Green County Fertilizer. But they, they're not in the sports world at all. They, they, they could do sports turf management. I guess. But... Here in, in Lubbock, we don't play on any natural well, if you surfaces. Have the, if, the, so. ha, if you have the going yard segment every week. Sponsored by Green County Fertilizer. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that, that sound nice? That is the, the preview if they were to sponsor it. Okay. Or we could just pick up a case of sponsor, too. Since yeah, we're still that'd be good. We're, we're still needing that. Yeah. All right, Michael, what did you learn this week? I learned that fellow Texan Casey Musgraves puts out some NSFW music videos. Well, no. I'm going to throw that out there right now. Well, I, I haven't, I've never seen one of her music videos, but she puts out some really I hadn't, good music. I hadn't until today. You guys were talking about her um, possibly having a song to play in the podcast. Yeah. I was previewing the songs that were suggested, um, Butterflies and Rainbow. Yeah. I saw no issue with Butterflies. My, um, <laughs> I still don't. I don't understand. My um, my internet search history may be flagged with my my IS department. It's fine. It's just it's just some some delightful images. 
people in love. Yes. To love. But anyway, <laughs> Casey Musgraves, fellow Texan, won four Grammys over the weekend for her latest album called Golden Hour. Uh, won best country album, album of the year. Best country song was Space Cowboy. Best country solo performance was Butterflies. It's a great album. I, I really dig it. It's it's a it's a really cool listen. If y'all need something new on Spotify, check that out. It's uh, it kind of goes from all over the place. There's kind of some techno to it. There's almost like some Daft Punk kind of songs in there, and then there's just some really nice acoustic performances. Uh, some straight up country songs. Some. Americana slash folk songs. Americana. That's that everyone, you know, lumps everybody into. But anyway, it's it's a really good listen. So y'all should check that out. That's what I learned. So if we're gonna do a music recommendation at the end of every podcast, one I should probably be more prepared to share something. But I do have something. I do have a song I want to play part okay. of it for you. All right, I'm ready. I, I I previewed it with you a little earlier before we started recording. I didn't know if you're gonna spring something on me. No, I, I'm not. I am a I'm a big fan of How I Met Your Mother, and they had this song, and I don't. That makes one of us. There's a song that they play at at a, at a time in the show that, for some reason, it always like. When I watch the episode, this song sticks with me for weeks. I want to want to preview it for you. Okay, I'm ready. So it's called uh, Two Weeks" by Grizzly Bear. Am I supposed to be chasing someone on like a train platform? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm just a big fan of it. Like I said, it sticks with me. And that's going to stick with you. Yeah, I, I bet it is. And the listeners. All right, so that'll, that'll do it for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Uh, we will check check you out next week. find cars like these on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader